Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week we are previewing the round three action in uh, the top three grades and of course the round seven action in the junior reps. Uh, this week I'm joined by Birdie. Oh, how's it going? 40. Hey, fellas. Ham. Yep. And PM. G'day, guys. All right, well, straight into the action. Uh, we'll start with the junior reps, which we'll see uh, the Eels Harold Matthews team currently running third up against the Roosters. Um, that's the Sydney Roosters, not the Central Coast Roosters, as I found out today. <laughs> Same logo. <laughs> at, at 10 a.m. at New Era Stadium. So, Ham and, four, and 40, you'll be down in attendance. Yes. Yeah, should be Absolutely. for sure. And did you um, want to run us through? Yeah, we've got a debutant on the wing this week. Uh, Simon Tito actually comes from... Uh, we signed him from the Sydney Roosters. He played in their Harold Matthews. Matt's last year. He has a, a nice little um, highlights package if you want to search his name. Um, you know, big uh, big winger, can play fullback and in the second row. Uh, excited to see how he goes. Um, with them being 11th, I don't really know much about their players generally, but um, with them being 11th, us coming in third, I think, um, and the way the boys are playing, uh, should be a, a good and big win from them if they keep playing the way they are. Yeah, I mean, the, the coaches haven't tinkered too much of a winning formula. The only other change, aside from um, Simon Tito's inclusion on that left wing, is uh, Lachlan Marrick has replaced Oscar Mazomo uh, at the left back row um, position. Oscar um, drops back to a, that crowded extended bench that you have in the Harold Mats. Uh, aside from that, I mean, we mentioned it in the last podcast, this is one of the few grades for Parramatta at the moment that's playing as a team. Um, you know they're, they're sort of sharing the load, sharing the responsibility, playing good football, and the way they've been going, you'd expect them to, to do more of the same on Saturday. Yeah, um, just looking at the bench quickly, uh, I don't think we'll run out with our 14 to 17. We've got Drew Lloyd there and uh, Samuel Luizu. Uh, Lloyd is a sorry, is that Lloyd or is it Lloyd? Ah, uh, Lloyd. Lloyd. That's right. Sorry, yes, it's just that I have this. Um, it must be my accent. Um. Drew Lloyd and Samuel Louisu. Uh, Lloyd. <laughs> Drew is a dummy half and uh, Louisu's a uh, halfback or centre sort of thing. So um, with both of them on the bench, we're a bit bit light there. So I can see, um, I, I, I assume we're resting Oscar because he's played every game so far. But someone like a Ciafeli or Tapasoa. Um, could come onto the bench and um, do just as good a job. And onto the SG ball, uh, they were disappointing last week with all the drop ball and you touched on you know, them not competing. Um, they'll have to be up for it this week because they're taking on the Sydney Roosters, who are currently first. Now, again, at New Era Stadium at 11.30am, not to be confused with the Central Coast Roosters, who have the exact same logo. <laughs> uh, so the Sydney Roosters are undefeated uh, this season. So it's, six wins from six games. It's not games. exactly the same as the logo. If you actually read it, it says Central Coast, not Sydney at the top. Maybe the same mascot, but not PM. the same logo. <laughs> at, at the risk of invoking uh, bad karma on the Eels, I do think I should point one. Sorry, I'm just trying to look at this for a moment. It was mentioned to me by someone, I'm not sure it was Ham or Derek, that the Roosters have had a pretty soft run as far as the SG ball is concerned. So that, that sort of inflates their position on the ladder potentially. But, you know, if they're the first seeded team, you've got to give them their props. And given the fact that we, you know, produced a sort of pretty shitty performance against one of the other heavyweights in the competition in Cronulla last week, and given the the overarching issues with the SG ball in general, you know, they're got to be up up for this game big time if they're going to compete. 
Yeah, um, it's not so much about how the Roosters play at the moment. Um, our boys definitely have to look at the way they're playing. And I didn't do it in the last podcast, but I'd like to give a good shout-out to David Hollis. Just come back from injury, had two absolutely fantastic games and is playing more minutes. Um, I assume that he's only named in the 20 because we don't have a jersey big enough for him. He is an absolute giant. Um, I reckon he stands over about three metres tall. Um, the, he, he sort of, for those that <laughs> aren't familiar with the SG ball, he's sort of built in that Dave Clemmer mould of like that really tall... Um, you know, sort of broad-shouldered uh, prop slash lock, and yeah, he's, he's had a couple of really good games. And I tend to agree with him in the sense that I'm pretty certain he's named outside the 17 purely because of uh, logistical issues with that jersey. But yeah, um, they need to. They just need to hold on to the ball, and I, I'm not sure about. I haven't looked at the Roosters' draw um, so far yet, but they just need to hold on. If we don't hold on to the ball, we, we don't win. If we hold on to the ball, we've got a good shot of winning. So. Um, it'll be an interesting one, especially with the uh, benching of Tyler Field. I like, uh, he's a good half. He is more of, a, he's not really um, what you assume of Hazel. It does love to run the ball, but he does have that ball playing ability to get um, the opposition in two minds. I don't mind him coming off the bench to play uh, dummy half. He can use that quickness around the ruck to, uh, for some tied forwards, and boy, there are some tied forwards in the SG Ball squads. Um, but yeah, we just we need to get them tied. We need to um, hold onto the ball. So it's 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 honestly as simple as that. And I know it sounds somewhat arrogant to be framing the games as don't worry about the Roosters, just worry about yourselves. But that's honestly where it's at with you know the SG ball with Wenty with NRL is that yes, the opposition is going to pose a very credible threat to you, especially when it's the number one seeded team in the competition at the moment. But We've got so much to fix up in our own backyard that you don't worry about what they're going to, you know, what shapes they're going to throw at you, what they did last week, if they won by 40 points or not. You know, you just got to clean up your own game and, you know, get back to playing good fundamental footy. And I, I've got my doubts as to where we can do it this week, but you're hoping that they can turn the corner at some point and, you know, against the best team, quote unquote, best team in the competition is, you know, as good a time as any to do it. So knock on wood that they find themselves this week. And on to the Tasha Gales, who will take on the Raiders, also at New Era Stadium on the Saturday at 1 o'clock, which sees Eels in ninth up against Raiders in 10th. It seems like both these teams are down in that second tier. Um, Fingers crossed the girls can get their first win of the season in round seven. I know it sounds nasty, but I'm shocked that we're not last last. Because of a bye. Yeah, there you go. We've at least got two. It's exactly the same with the Raiders. Um, both teams uh, had a buy, so they've got two points I mean, there. Our, four, our four and against is significantly better than the Raiders with the same amount of games played, I guess. We're like 70 points better at negative 194 versus negative 266. So we've got yeah, that going for us. It'll be an interesting the game to see. It might be... Um, I, I might be actually finally be able to watch a game of yeah, the, of no, the no. Uh, girls that's right no, on afterwards. Gosh, it's not like last week where I had to race across to Ringrose to watch Wenny. There's nothing, oh, except for first grade. First grade's on at four or so in the <laughs> afternoon at ANZ. Oh, that'd be right. Sorry, 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 girls. It's actually, it's actually amazing how many clashes there's been for Tasha Gale with other, you know, more senior games as far as an Eels fan's concerned. So it's been really miserable trying to catch um, any of their games. Well, getting from New Era over to ANZ, getting parking, etc. And don't forget, we'll touch on it later, but it's a double header at ANZ, so it's going to be a lot, a lot of crowd there. 
But yeah, fingers crossed for the girls. They finally get a win. It'll, it'll be absolutely massive. I imagine um, New Era will be bouncing, especially hopefully that'll be the third win of the, the day for the Mighty Eels. Well, fingers crossed. So that's the Saturday action. We'll move on to the uh, top three grades, which is the flag, which sees Eels in fifth, taking on Knights in first position at 1pm at Ringrose on the Sunday. So not the Saturday, on the Sunday. Um, should be mentioned that these two teams appeared against each other in the trial match, which saw the Eels take an early 10-0 lead, but then Knights put on 30 unanswered points in the second half to take a 30-10 to win. So a bit of a revenge match after that that trial match. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, in an earlier podcast, I said... I spoke to Jesse Cronin, and obviously last week they looked at what um, has been wrong for them. So it's good. It'll be, a, I imagine it'll be a mighty clash between uh, and a, a quick revenge match for us in the trial match. So yeah, it should be a good one. And um, yeah, I, I, I assume Ethan Parry's named on an extended interchange bench. Um, I can see him coming in and having a big one. And 40, your favourite player. Um, is also named in Fleg. Sorry, what was his name again? Cash Money, fam. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Dollar, dollar. Dollar, dollar. Ching, ching, and just on that, so the Knights in their preceding match, in their first round match, beat the Manly team 58-10, to who we, of course, beat last week by a score of 38-6. to So it seems like we're, we're similar in those sorts of bounds. And uh, Fleg, again, will just have to, to hold the ball um, and play up the middle like they did last week, and then points will come. It'll be interesting to see how Fleg handle the Knights because we're out round two. The second half, God... Second half of that trial was where the rot set in for them, which was um, finally arrested this uh, this round just passed against uh, Manly. And that's when they started disrespecting the football and all those other fundamental issues that have reared their head across the other greats. So hopefully they can sort of get over whatever demons exist from that trial match. Um, and, you know, they'll give themselves a really fair accounting because it, it doesn't really reflect in that 10-0 scoreline from the first half of that trial. But the Eels were in complete control and bombed about three tries you know, could have been lead. They could have been the ones that put thirty points on and a half the way that Newcastle did in the second half of that trial. Um, yeah, I'd like to point out two things uh, just quickly. Uh, if we're going back to looking at a draw, I know it's only round two, but Newcastle have played mainly in their first game, obviously, who they flogged, and but also the uh, West Balmain. Tigers, Balmain. who are coming second last. Oh, is it Balmain, is it? Yeah, they're split also in the fleet between uh, West, Balmain and Western Suburbs this yeah, season. They've, they've, they've split the brands again. I have oh because on on New South Wales rugby league they have it as West Tigers so oh sorry you might be um, right it's just in in ISP that they're f- they're split yeah, between right, twenty yeah. uh, sorry split between Magpies and and Balmain but yeah they um played them last week and they walloped them forty to eighteen so I I know it's only round two and you know Newcastle could be an absolutely fantastic team but it is they have played well who are now sitting last and second last so it will be interesting to see how they go against a, a better team but and then the second one um again only round two but dylan brown is second on the top point scorers list with 20 good on him well it is his first uh season well proper season in the flag after last season playing in um the sg ball 
Um, is he still ball eligible or no? Still, he's still ball, still ball eligible. Yeah, yeah. He's he doesn't turn eighteen until the twenty sixth of June. So that's... don't ask me how I know that. Because <laughs> uh, he he only just came into the squad at the finals time in the flag, um, and stood up in some of those uh, those matches in the final series there. I think he had a really was was it against the Sharks or was it the the match after that in the final yeah, series? Yeah, because there was the uh, game after because Troy Dargan got injured. That's when he broke in his arm. Sharks game. That's right. Yeah. Um, that he really stood up in that final series, and a couple of uh, people were buzzing. I guess who hadn't seen him in the the SG ball. Um, so hopefully he can uh, take that form into this match and get a win over the Knights as a bit of revenge for that trial. Uh, well, I think the the most pleasing thing right now is that Joe Tapari sort of stepping out of, it sounds weird to say this, given that he was his partner in ball last year, but stepping out of the shadow of Brown, given how successful Brown was last year, and he's had a really nice start to the season uh, in the second half against Penrith and then last week against Manly. So sort of rounding out that, that ability of the spine to attack at different positions in the field is a, a big part of how the Eels will, you know, kick on this year. And once they get uh, one of their primary fullback choices back, whether it's Johnny Fanua, who I assume is injured because he's been, he been missing since the last trial, or whether um, the SG ball season wraps up and JP Nora, who's one of the standout players in that grade, uh, steps up to flag, that'll really put the spine to the next level, I think. And at 3 o'clock, also out at Ringrose on Sunday... We'll see Wenty in ninth take on the Knights in 10th. Um, so Wenty need to have a bit of a bounce back after that last week. They're getting a couple of heads back. Um, Greg Lalesiwell, as he slated to come back this week. And a couple of other players coming back, I guess we'll see. Um, obviously, Reed Marnie's playing on the Saturday. I don't think he'll uh, front up for the Sunday Sunday match. Um, no, and to be fair, to the, Wen- to. to the Wenty team, no. If you've played once, you can't back up anymore. There's no old school play reserve grade or play flag and then get to be promoted to the higher grade you play one you're done uh so from that Wenty team that's named there's a couple of big admissions that are part of the extended mention first grade depending on how that shakes up uh any combination of david gower kaiser pritchard will smith penny terepo uh who else could be in the mix there uh i suppose Sua Matangi if penny terepo gets a nod could also be turning out for Wenty this week. So there's three or four players that will boost that team a little bit. Uh, but there are still fundamental fundamental issues with that spine that we've touched on across the last couple of podcasts. Uh, Greg Lucio, uh knocks Eddie Aono out of the team on the left wing spot, is it, Ham? Um, he plays predominantly right. right. George Jennings is the left winger, usually. Uh, through 20s, he played predominantly on the right. So. That's right, and that, that's why I was scratching my head that time, but maybe I was just seeing things. George, uh, uh, anecdotally, George James, we mentioned that Ham at the game, looked a little bit weird. He just looked shorter than he was last year. I don't know if the back line's gotten bigger, if Dan Akafalao and whatnot there. Well, Akafalao is a big as, um, human being. <laughs> yeah, he, he is yeah. a big boy, 192, and um, got some good you know, good size to him. But the other inclusion, which will be fun to see, to see how much gas in the tank he's got left, is Big T-Rex. He um, comes back after that ACL injury and that silly, silly drink-driving suspension that he brought upon himself. Um, and he's been named in the number 14 jersey, which I'm shocked they found a jersey that's not in the 20s that fits T-Rex because <laughs> Wenty in the past have had horrible issues getting jerseys for their like their bigger boys. And I know that T-Rex is in career best shape at 122 kilos, a lightweight, but he is a massive human being. So <laughs> the 14 apparently fits him. But it'll be a big game for when you're just going through um, 
Newcastle team. You can see there's a lot of uh, NRL experience there. He's only had a little bit, but Corey Dennis has played a couple of games. Ken Seo, uh, Jack Cogger, Danny Levi, Saifidi, uh, Jacob Saifidi, that is, Sam, Sam Stone, Luke Yates. Um, so, yeah, they'll definitely need to be um, holding the ball a lot more, completing their sets. Um, you know, I, I think this one will definitely have to play it up through the middle, up through the forwards, um, because I know we do have a, a pretty good back line, but... Um, I'm not sure about our halves' capability of getting it to the back line. Um, we'll have to look for Jennings and Lelissi Wow to start off our sets really well. Uh, if we're going to be I'm, looking I'm very interested to see what Greg, Greg can do there because the start to his sets was a little bit lacklustre, even in the win against Penner, if they weren't exactly dominating getting out. And that's one of the areas he really shines in is those um, big post-contact runs where you know he breaks the tackle and pinches like five metres that he shouldn't otherwise get. So hopefully he's sort of really raring to go after that knee setback. Yeah, he'll need to um, up his work rate a little bit, I thought. You know, despite his him making ridiculous, like, 280 metres a game or whatever, um, I thought I still think he can up his work rate there um, for the uh, higher grades. So it'll be interesting to see. I do believe he has lost some weight or some uh, body fat. He I saw him with his shirt off when I was down at um, training, and I don't think I've seen anyone more cut than him than maybe Kleppi Tanganari's absolute massive jacked real jacked um so yeah it'll be interesting to see. it'll be good to see him back and T-Rex and it mean I'm, I'm not advocating to be throwing the first grade right now but given the struggles that have existed um on the left edge for the Eels with Somi Avaa at the moment there there is a minor potential opening there if someone were to knock down the door at Wenty, whether it's George Jennings or uh, Dane Akerflau or Greg Lillisiwau. And obviously that, that is a small window because we're counting on um, Quentin Gufferson coming back sooner rather than later, given we all saw that footage of him in the trampoline centre where he was doing those absurd little hops and really working that knee out um, laterally, putting a lot of pressure on it and coming out trumps. But there, there's an opportunity. If there's a you know someone's hungry enough and you know is willing to bang the table and demand for selection with their form, you know, depending on what happens this Saturday for the Eels, you know, the, the sort of next man up philosophy could be in play next week. And on to first grade there. Thanks for the layup there, Forty. Um, it is a double header at ANZ. If you want to go down and see the scum take on the scum, um, being bunnies be <laughs> manly, uh, that's at 5.30. Um, and then we won't be playing until 7.35, which we'll see. The Eels in 16th taking on the Sharks in 13th in the Johnny Manor Cup. Um, not to be forgotten, Johnny Manor, the, I think he was the younger brother of Timmy. Um, he was he was the younger brother. The younger, who, who played for both the Eels and the Sharks and um, passed away, sadly, from leukaemia a couple of years ago. Um, will be playing for the Johnny Manor Cup. Uh, Sharks have had the running of that Johnny Manor Cup uh, over the last couple of seasons. Uh, so fingers crossed. Um, we can bounce back in this grade. So let's get straight into it. Sharks coming off that second half performance against the Dragons. Uh, they were... The 14-point 14, 14 curse is real. The 14-point 14, 14 curse is real. Uh, they were simply uh, disgraceful in that second half. But having said that, uh, their first half against the Dragons, who have uh, a very good forward pack, uh, is something that we'll need to uh, to be able to combat against. Yeah, um, this week we'll definitely need to turn up for one another and completely change what we did last week. And, you know, what what a game to get up for for uh, Johnny Manor. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think there's a bigger occasion, especially for Timmy. 
um, in terms of game sense. It, uh, don't get me wrong, Timmy had, a, I thought, a very good round one. So he's not the ones we should be looking to step up here. It's all the other players um, that need to look at their game. And, you know, I, I definitely think it's a, a big occasion for both clubs being 0-2. So both teams will be looking to um, come back there. And, yeah, for the Johnny Manor Cup, um, I don't think there's a... a a more of a reason for both teams to have a good showing so fingers crossed we get on our toes quicker than than they do but um yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not sure what to expect from this game at the moment well i mentioned in the last podcast i believe that sometimes you just got to win ugly and winning ugly is all that you need to then start winning pretty and you know getting on a roll on and if there is a bloody team in the competition that you're going to have to win ugly against it's the cronulla sharks they just have a way of dragging you down to their level and getting into that real physical and messy football through the middle. Uh, we always have to play them uh, tight, and they, they tend to sort of excel in those uh, clashes against us due to that. So if we're going to turn the corner, um, we're going to probably have to do it the hard way against this team. Um, one thing worth mentioning is that Luke Lewis was a, a cheeky inclusion into the 21, and there's a bit of chatter on the, um, the old interwebs that he might be a sneaky inclusion in the game day 17 for his first game of the season. Uh, but you look at that lineup, and they've got some good strikeout in the back line. Um, young Jesse Ramian, who's off to the Knights next year, gets his um, first game of the season with Josh Dugan moving to the fullback role officially in the team sheet. Uh, so, uh, Matt, I mean, this is probably, I don't rate him. He's not like he's a bad footballer, but I, I think he's hugely overrated by the media. This will probably be the game that Matt Moylan, you know, steps up and has a cracker. Oh, undoubtedly, so, undoubtedly. It's always like, against us. Yeah, um, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of his. He's got talent, don't get me wrong. So I think he's overrated. But he probably has a blinder against us. So we'll probably have to do something to counteract that. Uh, but once again, we, we talked about it before, almost in, in an arrogant sense. This isn't about Cronulla. Um, they're obviously a very good team despite their own struggles. They won the comp in 2016. They've got strike power on the forward line. Uh, forward line. <laughs> the forward line and the backpack. Uh, the, the, the back line and the forward pack. Uh, their, their bench is probably the weakest part of their team. Uh, they've got a couple of utility role uh, players there in Capewell and Seguiaro. Joseph Paul is named too. So that's probably one area where the Eels can get up. But it comes back to getting ourselves right. You know, we get right in the forwards. That means the backs get right and they can start attacking with a little bit of space without the interior defense of the opposition team sliding across and just killing them. And, you know, we get back to playing Parramatta football, which is you smash you, you smash your opposition in the face through the middle. You know, you play tough, you play hard with the forward pack that might not be necessarily fancied, but, you know, they, they give it a real go. And then you have the, the flash and the pizzazz out wide with our halves and with our back line. And, you know, wait, let's let's get back to playing Parramatta footy this week. That's all I ask of them. Yeah, well, they just got can a, I... Sorry, Hamish. Sorry, go PM. Yeah, I just got to say, we're, we're going to have to... The forward's got to go forward before we start playing that wide, expansive football, and we've made that mistake in the second half against the Panthers, and whenever we had the ball against Manly last week, we went wide too early, and that's what we've got to do. And, and it kills us. Yeah, exactly. We've got to get back in the and middle we, of the we've park, got... and the Sharks, as you said, they've got a great forward pack, very experienced forward pack, and they're going to come here, and they're going to say that if we can get on top of the Parramatta pack early, we've got them. Well, we've got to stand up to that, and it's going to show... What happened last week is going to show the character of the team by how they perform this week. And even if they get beat this week, if they put the effort in and it's a close game and you can see that they've had a fair income dig, not one fan will complain. It's. I think that that's an important point to raise, PM, is that another loss is 
by by no means the end of a season, but it's the manner in which you would lose hypothetically that would you know decide the fan reaction. Uh, obviously, uh, any win and especially a good win would be ideal, but you cannot afford to have that third straight capitulation against a, a team um, of any any caliber, whether it's the Panthers, Manly, or the Sharks. So that that'll tell us a lot about the team. But getting back to what you're saying about the edge structures. Um, it's been frustrating because we've been going left and right before we're going through the middle and we've been really vanilla for what we've thrown at teams out wide and next to Melbourne we've probably got the, the most uh, branching attacking edge structures in the game but we just haven't seen it uh, so far we saw it in the first half against Penrith but since then like, like you said we've been in such a haste to get out wide that we've sort of thrown away our, our variances our, our little wrinkles that throw teams off and um, uh, stop the and stop them from essentially cheating, and just racing up on who they think is going to be the ball recipient. Which, as Ham pointed out last podcast, was Bevan French every single time we went wide against Manly. Yeah, well, f- forwards win your games. Backs get all the credit, but forwards win your games, and that's where the forwards this week have got to stand up. And Timmy's got to grab them and say, right, we've got to take this game by the scruff of the neck in the middle of the park, make the meters, and don't let the sharks. Come back to us, get that line speed that they had at the end of the end of last season back again. So they're up in the sharks' face, forced the mistakes. Look, the Dragons did it to the Sharks in the second half last week, and the Sharks capitulated. They dropped ball, they made stupid errors, gave away dumb penalties. You've only got to get on top of them again this week, and then in the back of their mind is what happened last week against the Dragons, and, it, and they could capitulate again. But if we, unless we put pressure on them, that will not happen. And and if we play like we did against Manly, there's no pressure at all going to be exerted. So we've got to turn that around and look at how. We played last year in the lead-up into the finals, and that's how we've got to play now. And I'll just quickly run through those team lists, which for the Sharks sees Josh Dugan at fullback. Uh, Val Holmes, they've seen him as a winger uh, these days. Um, there's obviously some pressure on him. People have been saying he hasn't been putting in properly for, for the Sharks after he's missed out on his preferred fullback position. Um, but on the wings, Fecky and Holmes in the centres, Jesse Ramian, as uh, Forty touched on, and Latelli. Uh, in the halves, Matt Moylan at six, Chad Townsend at seven. In the starting uh, props, uh, Pryor and Fafida. In number nine, uh, Jaden Braley, who uh, sort of came to the fore last season as the replacement for um, McInnes. And then in the second row, uh, who's had a really good start to the season, Jason Bakuya, who previously played more of a middle role, um, but... I think he scored a try last week, and um, he's extremely dangerous on the goal, the opposition goal line. And, of course, Wade Graham um, and Paul Gallen locking it all out. Then on the interchange, Kurt Catewell, James Seguiaro, uh, who should be said as a very good friend of Norman, so there might be some bants on the field. Uh, see you, Manif and I, coming from West Tigers over to uh, the Sharks in the off-season, and Seth Paulo, uh, former Eel Seth Paulo. Um, so we'll have to see if his wife um, is putting on a feed for all of the boys. <laughs> um, and as uh, touched on, the extended bench is Kurt Dillon, Jack Williams, Edric Lee and Luke Lewis. Uh, if Luke Lewis is to come into the team, um, it would probably be with C- uh, sorry Seth Paulo falling out of the squad. Um, but if that's the case, um, it seems like they've got two second rowers on the bench in Kurt uh, Catewell, Luke Lewis. Uh, Seguiara, of course, is the interchange hooker. And see him is the middle forward. So um, I guess Jason Bakuya can all play, also play in the middle. So it might be seeing one of those guys come onto the edge and uh, Bakuya come into the to the middle role, um, like we've been doing with Tep and um, Kenny Edwards last season. If I'm Bernie yeah. Gurr, 
I'd give the pre-match uh, talk. I'd be like, guys, for every set we complete, it's a grand for the end away trip. Trust me, no one will drop the ball. Thanks, Bertie. No, I, no, no seriously, no, no, no. Always love like, you. I, I hate the Sharks because of Paul Gallon. I hate, I hate, I hate Paul Gallon. Another team I hate. And um, they just. this that that, last, That's going into the book of great. <laughs> that last game in round three, I think it was last year, it just burned us because. Like, it burnt me because. The first two weeks, they were they dropped the ball so much they were giving away penalties, and come to Parramatta game, they um they were spotless like there was no errors, no penalties, and we just it was, you know, it was just frustrating. Yeah. It was round four, I think, because oh. round three was that awful ambush by the Titans, awful at that game. where we are uh, we had Corey out for hamstring injury yeah. and. They got they got the jump on us, but yes, the next round, like you said, Cronulla came in playing like a, a bunch of bustards, and all of a sudden, all the the, um, the discipline issues disappeared. They were on side every set <laughs> and whatnot. And that they they gave us a real lesson in football in round four um, about how to push the line depending on which ref is officiating, and you know how to get up in the face of the opposition. And I'd like to think that we learnt from that for the rest of the season. So hopefully we we can take that lesson in advance for round three this year instead of having to take the L and um, go go 0-3 into round four. And let's touch on the Eels team, which there is a number of chambers, uh, sorry, changes, uh, with Ooh, Bevan French. Is that a signing rumour? <laughs> is that a signing rumour? <laughs> no, that's just a uh, Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> Bevan French at fullback. On the wings is Hoffman and Abaar. Uh, in the centres, Jennings and Haynes. So that back line um, and the halves pairing in Corey Norman and Mitch Moses remains unchanged. Uh, in the starting front row is Alvaro and Tim Manor. Perhaps we see somebody else start, um, given Alvaro played off the yeah, bench I, last for, week. For the, for the sake of balance, I could see that happening, that's right. And then Cameron King, back from his bad concussion last week, uh, seems to be in the starting nine, although Will Smith is on an extended bench. Uh, if King can't make it back uh, as his concussion's too bad, I'd expect to see uh, Smith play in that number nine role given Kayser, uh not exactly setting the world on fire in the ISP. Reserve, uh, sorry, second row sees Mau staying on the left uh, second row position, but Tep gets a start on that right position in favour of Takarani, who's out till round 10. Nathan Brown in the lock. And then Bo Scott makes a return to the bench um, as a co-captain. Kenny Edwards will make his first game of the season. Um, it seems like he's coming back from some sort of ankle uh, strain or injury. Right. I, um, I believe he rolled his ankle at training at some point last week, I want to say. It was last so, week, so he's got the clearance to come back in. Uh, Sue Matangi stays in the 16 and Kane Evans in the 17. Uh, perhaps we see Kane move to a starting role or, or possibly Matangi if we want to shore up that middle defence in that 20 to 60 minute period. Yeah, um, we all know our, our problems with the um, forward pack last week. Uh against Manly, but I think uh, we need to see more from Kurosami of uh, on the wing. He made another awful mistake. It was on. It was off a scrum. The, the, on the second, first the second tackle. try for Manly. Uh, third try for Manly. Yeah, and he just drops the ball cold. You know, as a, as a win, I understand there are mistakes in a game. You can't be a hundred percent all but the time. There's but, mistakes and there's mistakes, isn't there? Yeah, there's a time where the team is twelve nil down. You've got your first set for how, for ten minutes, and you have you have you have to make sure 
that you've got that ball in two, you've got to make sure it's under your arm and make sure that you aren't dropping it, especially on the first tackle 10 metres out. Um, I was really disappointed with that, and, and, and as well as his lack of um, r- uh, running metres at the moment for... I assume he's the biggest one in our in our back line and he's not making that many metres. So um, I think he needs to definitely step up this week and, sh- and prove why uh, he should be in the first grade team. And sorry, that extended bench is Will Smith, Penny Terrapo, David Gower and Case <laughs> Pritchard. Uh, no, 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 that was me. I didn't finish it. Um, so uh, the penis torpedo possibly um, getting a spot in favour of Matangi depending on which way uh, yeah, BA wants that's... to play it. That's a sneaky big inclusion, I think. Uh, Penny, for as much as he's been maligned by fans in his um, surprisingly long tenure at Parramatta now for his um, handling issues, uh, plays with some of the most energy and ferocity of any player in our forward pack. And I think when you add that in conjunction with Kenny Edwards, it's not the silver bullet to our problems, but it is really what the team needs right now is just unbridled energy, uh, physicality, and aggressiveness, and they're probably two of your best players in that capacity. Is it safe to say since um, his major trouble last year's preseason that he's been, he's actually changed? Like he's, uh, he's he's switched on now. Like he's um, serious. He's less errors. You know, he's he's literally playing as if it's his last contract. You know. Yeah, well, he he was hampered by injury last year because if you recall, he came back from that uh, driving under the influence suspension and then tore his body pec. Uh, trying to shut the game down against West Tigers in that we talked about earlier, that um that ugly win. Um, and then he came back from there and played some good footy after that. So I, I agree, Bertie. I don't know if it was a, a line in the sand moment for his career, but he played very good football last year when he was available. And he, he's one of those guys that he's never going to be a superstar, but he's probably a value, like one of those value members of your squad. And like I said, he, he brings some of that physicality that we desperately need right now. So I hope he's a game day inclusion if that hamstring is um, ready to hold up for first-grade duties. Yeah, well, he runs really hard. He's a bit like Kenny Edwards in a way where he brings out energy, but he, he runs the ball straight and hard, 100%. And, and Kenny can go Ken, across Yeah, that's right. Kenny mixes, mixes it up a bit so the defence is crabbing across field instead, and then you get somebody like Penny running on the play after him when the defence has just been you know, changing direction two or three times. He runs the ball so hard. Most of his hit-ups are, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 metres plus. That's the sort of guy you need coming on after about 20 minutes when the other team's four-pack might be starting to get a little bit tired and bring him on and get him on the back pedal and then some good kicks to get out of your own half. And that, that's that's what the sort of thing Penny's got to do. He's just got to make that, that hard. He doesn't worry. Don't have to worry about an offload, Penny. Just tuck the ball on the arm and mate and run it as hard as you can. I think I think Penny, I think it was mentioned on the, the server earlier uh, a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure if it was Ricky that pulled the stats up for us or someone else. Or oh, it might have been Mitch uh, for one of his... Spotlight articles on TCT, sorry, is that um, Penny is one of the worst defenders statistically in ISP, but when he plays in first grade, his tackling efficiency rate's actually borderline elite. Uh, he's one of those guys that really makes the jump in, in focus and aptitude when he plays first grade now, and I, I think he might have been top two or three in tackle percentage last year for the Eels. So that's, yeah, yeah it was like 90 but plus. But 78 or something and in, that's, in OSP. So it was a big jump. Yeah, in OSP, exactly. And that that sort of attitude and defense is something that we need as much as those hard runs and offense. And, you know, just getting in front of the ball carrier, dropping that shoulder right in the gut 
and wrapping up that offload because that's that's one of the things that's really killed us when you're talking about things outside of your own control as far as possession rates is mainly just offload the ball at will and and even Penrith they they, they played very similar in that style of loose free flowing second phase football and we just weren't doing enough to wrap up the ball and I don't think the Sharks are a team that will look to a aggressively promote the football as much as those two teams but in Wade Graham in Sefapolo if he doesn't drop out for Luke Lewis and even Jason Bakuya they've got a few guys that can throw a pretty handy offload and just touching on stats since uh, the NRL era of 1998 there's been 30 games played between the two teams uh, resulting in 15 um, apiece so we're on level peggings uh, fingers crossed. Uh, I think the recent results have probably been in Sharks' favour, considering they've gone into their premiership window while we were, um, well, I guess in our cellar dweller period. Um, so fingers crossed, we can we can move on to to get some sort of wing win on the weekend. Um, Ramian whilst he's a, a, I guess can be regarded as a boom rookie uh, coming into that centre position, it's the most difficult centre um, position uh, defensively. Um, so we've got to be throwing a lot at them to get him to be making decisions on his own try line. Um, but as you guys have touched on before, uh, we've got to earn the right to play our attacking football. And that's going to come up against a very experienced forward pack of the Sharks. Uh, just on Ramian, um, we coincidentally played the him last year in the semi-finals against the Sharks in the 20s and I thought Noel Okafalau put on a defensive masterclass against him. I mean, he, Ramin is a very good attacking player but we shut him down every opportunity so if we want to know how to defend him all we have to do watch that game watch Noel Okafalau and he dominated him and that's all we'll have to do. I love I love good Noel Okafalau shout out. He's a, a fun player to watch. Not as physically gifted as his big brothers Eric and Dane but geez he's a, a good technician for a centre. He plays a really fundamentally sound game. So I'll get on to our last thoughts. Our first home game of the season, it should be said, um, down at ANZ Stadium. It's the second game in a double header. If you want to go and see the Bunnies and uh, Manly, you can get in on your membership tickets early. Um, we've got reciprocal rights for this um, this double header. Um, so get down there, get some seats in. Um, fingers crossed the boys can put in a bit better effort than they have the first two weeks. Um, but final thoughts, so first try scorer, uh, eventual scorer, are we feeling confident this week or we're just happy with the two points if we can get it? <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go us 48 to 8 again this week. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, that's a jinx. It. You nah. jinxed this <laughs> the last two weeks. Beautiful, man. <laughs> no, um, first try scorer, I can't go. I'm going to tip him every week until he gets one, and it's probably going to jinx him all year, and he'll have to do a nudie run. But um, no, I'm going to change this week. Just thought about it. Jared Hayne, first try scorer. To arrest some of that um, off-field uh, speculation about his fitness and him bringing down the whole team. Um, Birdie. Uh, yeah, um, so uh, I think we're going to win. I'm praying that we win. Uh, probably 18-6, first try scorer, Tim Manor. Wow. Down the middle, you've got the, the the middle forward pack arresting their recent um, bad form and, and and scoring the first try from Timmy. Could it be a little short ball from from dummy half, the one that we scored against the Cowboys? That's that's the most likely way that Tim gets. Oh, no, I'm going tipping to be he's going to back up and um, someone's going to make a break and he's going to run next to him and catch the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon honestly, probably like Cameron King will do like you know one of those dummies and. Cut back on the inside, he can go straight through the markers. Um, and on to you, 40. Um, I'm thinking one of the back rollers this week for first try scorer. 
uh, Manu or Tepai. Uh, let's go. Let's go Tepai. I think um, Tep's going to sort of muscle over off a short ball from Moses, and um, from from inside ten meters most likely. And PM. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, on. forty eventual eventual score. I'm going to pick my winner in margin. Jeez, you take my catchphrases. You hustle off me when I'm trying to get my predictions out. This is bullshit. We better start it. Better um, start it. What's that? I, I got. I got a. I got to tip Parramatta to win. We, like, we have to win. I know me and PM did mention that a qual. It sounds odd, but a quality loss would also suffice as long as you're showing signs of improvement. But Parramatta to win. Uh, pretty gritty game. 14-8 over the Sharks. And and sorry, on to you, PM. Well, we didn't score a point last week, so first try scorer. Who knows? But I'm not even going to pick make predictions this week. All I can say is I just want to see an improved effort, and. And long as the effort's there, doesn't matter if we get beat. If the effort's there, I'm happy. And so should the majority of fans. I know there's plenty on Facebook and Twitter who will still have a whinge, but the real fans, the real fans, will be happy. Oh, he's dropping that. He's dropping that line. Well, that's part of being a supporter, isn't it? Is going out there, dealing with a 54-point loss, but then coming back the next week and and wrapping yourself in for the same. Um, I think a couple of us here were probably... Uh, dreading doing the review podcast this week. <laughs> oh, I live, I live that. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'll get on to my predictions. Um, I think uh, we can play them around the edges uh, on the proviso that we play them up the middle first. So I can see our wingers getting some um, joy with Hoffman uh, bagging another try. In regards to final score, I don't have a specific sp- score in mind, but uh, granted, it's going to be raining between Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and it might fine up a bit on Saturday, but it's going to be a hard slog at ANZ. Um, we're going to have to play up the middle because you go anywhere near the edges on ANZ and you're going over the side. Um, so I think there's going to be about two points in it um, between the two teams. I don't know which way that's going to go. 18-16. That's anyone, anyone get a feeling that um, this game, like, so, okay, so the, so the players were accused of having, not having an effort. I reckon there's going to be a fight this game. There's going to be a brouhaha. It's going to be like the complete opposite. No effort last week, and too much effort this week, and someone's going to get simbied. Well, we can't. We can't get three in a row, can we? I tell you what, it's, it's, it's just simple. You have no effort, so you come out and you just come swinging, and you know someone's going to get in trouble. And it's got to be controlled aggression. As long as going gets taken. That's exactly right, Hamish. You got to you got to channel that aggression into the right areas. Black eyes. Are we going to give him birdie? How many? Is it, how, oh. How what the real the real question here is how many how many fantasy points are the penalties going to cost you? Yeah, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of fantasy, I got to drop Valentine Holmes, man. No, seriously, no, man, I put no, so much don't, faith in this guy. Don't don't drop him. Don't drop him because he'll have a monster game against us yeah, if you drop guarantee. him. Yeah, keep him in. Well, uh, just on fantasy, I went from 25 overall in the first round in classic fantasy into the 2000s last week with uh, about three players injured in the first five minutes. <laughs> oh, that's rough. <laughs> um, so I've got to go back a couple of changes after we get off here. Um, on to plugs, Birdie. You're on Twitter at... Devin Heaven one and Yeah, once again, I'll be tweeting again, where's Murata? But... Um... <laughs> you know, hopefully that Ben guy can see my tweets. You know, I, I don't tweet nothing vulgar. It's you know, it's all clean. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, he can at least respond and say, you know, at least Baron Arthur's looking at him. But yeah, never have and, and on to you, forty. Uh, I'm really proud to have this shout out this week. Um, my boy Mitch or Miarch, as you know him on TCT, uh, just um, 
brought his third uh, baby boy into the world. So I jokingly uh, texted him today that he's got his start and front row, back row, or he could have three quarters of the spine um, ready to go for his team as it, as it stands. Um, onto the site, thecumberlandthrow.com. Uh, obviously, really ugly loss on the weekend. Uh, it was no holds barred from myself, Sixties, and Mitch in our analysis of the post-game breakdown. Uh, we, we always cop flack for being a little bit too pro Parramatta and, and soft in our approach for criticism of the club, but I think we did a pretty good job uh, diving into what went wrong on the weekend and what's gone wrong into the season as a whole across the first two rounds. So you can catch a, a ton of articles there um, breaking down all that stuff on the Cumberland Fro. And him? Uh, yep, on Twitter at hamsandwich22. Um, this week's band, or artist I should say, is Sydney indie rocker Bilby. Uh, the reason why I'm shouting him out this week, he's opening for one of my favourite rappers of all time, Astronautilus, at the factory floor on Friday night. Um, get out there, tickets are only $25, and he's absolutely one of the best live performers I've ever seen. So, yeah, get out and watch that one. And PM. Yep, well, you can get me on Twitter at Paramatters, and you can get some gear at sportfirstnambucca.com.au. We've got the Heritage jerseys, they're due in later this week. You can jump on there, you can order one of those, use Parapodcast in the discount coupon code there, and you won't pay 170 you'll pay 153 including delivery. That's a bargain for a jersey in today's market. So jump on there and grab one of them. I noticed somebody's already done that this week because the Parapodcast discount code has been used. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, so get... Full disclosure, I've ordered yep. one. Yes. That might have been me. That might have been me, PM. Oh, it could have been two. Yeah, it could have been. It's been, it's been four, or five, four or five ordered this week already. So jump on there and grab them before they run out because they look smick, just like the 986 one. But it's just, I mean, we, we had it last year too as our away jersey, but this year it just looks so much better. There's the shape and everything of it, just the ISC's done. So it's really good. Jump on there and get that. And um, any questions, you can jump on there and contact me on there through the email. All right. And on to myself, uh, well, the podcast, which is at Parapodcast on Twitter forward slash parapodcast on Facebook. Uh, Search us on iTunes, parapodcast. If you want to leave uh, reviews, Ham told you to slide onto the DMs. Nobody's done that as yet, so I'm feeling a bit, you know, left out. But if you want to leave a review, I think I can handle that that without the, the, the DM from you, PM. <laughs> <laughs> um, DM from PM. Uh, and now I won't jinx anything. Slide, slide on in there. <laughs> Now, I won't jinx anything about uh, rubbing people's nose in anything this week. So uh, thanks from all the boys here and from everybody that's listening, downloading, um, enjoying the content. Uh, we've got a couple of comments on Facebook, some Twitter um, following happening. So uh, fingers crossed the boys can um, put in a lot better performance this week and we can get our first win of the season. Yeah, good luck. All right, thanks, boys. See you, See you later. Have a good one. See you, fellas. See you, everyone. Cheers. Yeah.